Hello, hello, everyone. It's Yeva from simplyyeva.com and the ESL Teaching Podcast. Did you know that the ESL Teaching Podcast is a couple of episodes away from its 100th episode? That means that I've been recording and you've been listening for two years, and this calls for a celebration. I am so thankful to have you as a listener, and I would love to hear from you. I'd love for you to record a short message answering these questions. What have you loved about the ESL Teaching Podcast? What have you learned through it? What is your favorite episode and anything else you'd like to share with me and our listeners? Record a short message on speakpipe.com and I will air it on the 100th episode. You can find the link to Speakpipe in the show notes below. Can't wait to hear from you. You're listening to episode 103 of the ESL Teaching Podcast. Guess what? It's Q&A time. I receive many emails from teachers sharing their current biggest struggles, both EL teachers and classroom educators. I read every single email, and although I don't always have the time to respond to you personally, I want you to know that I see you and I hear you. And with that, I also know that if one person is asking the question, there have to be other people wondering about the same thing as well. So today I took six most burning questions and will answer them in this episode. As always, we will talk about teaching newcomers, both in EL setting and in regular education classrooms. We will touch upon why it is essential for schools to address the way ELs are serviced and revisit the language acquisition process. Are you ready? Let's get to the episode. Hello and welcome to the ESL Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Yeva Grossless, otherwise known as Simply Yeva, and I am so thankful that you tuned in. I'm looking forward to sharing both my knowledge and experience on this podcast, as well as that of my fellow teachers. Hello, hello, everyone. Well, let's talk about your most pressing questions today. As I look through them, I know for a fact there will be at least one question about newcomers. And today we have three. So let's kick this off. The first one is a statement, but I know that a lot of teachers struggle with this. This person says, I struggle the most with high school newcomers who do not speak any English. We'll talk about that in a moment. The second one is this. I am a brand new English teacher and I have started teaching in a private academy. So I have students of all levels, but my lack of experience means that I'm not sure exactly what I should start with and how to cover a little of all the language components, especially in the beginner levels. And number three is what to do with newcomers between now and the end of the school year. Well, first of all, I'd like to acknowledge the fact that it is difficult and challenging for both you and the newcomer students. So there's no way to sugarcoat it, nor do we need to do that. At the same time, there are several things that you can put in place that will help you going forward and for years to come. The first one is your mindset. It is very important to remember that A, it will take some time and lots of repetition, but you will see a significant leap in language acquisition of your newcomers by next year. 
And B, even though they may not speak English at this time, they bring with them their first language and experiences, which can be tapped into to welcome them into their new community and to build on the academics in their new school. I recently talked to a colleague who likes to ask me questions about language learning and acquisition because his son's girlfriend lives in Central America and is getting ready to come to the United States. What does she need to do? He asks. How can she learn English faster? How long do you think it will take? I always answer the same. It will take some time. It can take a couple of years for the social language to feel more comfortable. And for an adult, which she is an adult, it can be a lifetime of language discovery. That is when she's in an English-speaking environment. He didn't particularly like my response, but that's what we all need to understand and internalize. And that is okay. Our newcomers, on the other hand, have a wonderful opportunity to also be exposed to academic language. Not all adults have this opportunity. And although it is a lot, especially when they arrive in the middle and high school, that is something that is both in our and their control to teach and learn. So the second piece of advice is this. Newcomers need to feel safe and to learn the basics of English so that they can build on. It is more difficult for students to be engaged with any content, no matter how well presented and scaffolded it is, if they are not sure where the bathroom is, what is for lunch, and how to find a cafeteria or what classroom and technology expectations are. I'm not even talking about fire drills, pep rallies, and the like. Start with where they are. That means doing an informal assessment to see their literacy and language skills, receptive and productive vocabulary, and simply how well they're able to navigate daily phrases and situations. This will give you so much information and will ease your mind into what to do next. For example, if a student already knows the days of the week and months, you can review them but you can move on to the subjects that they are new to them. For example, relationships between people or what people do on a daily basis, hobbies, vocabulary that will be useful for them in general education classrooms, such as numbers, which takes a while to acquire, but which are used across content areas in math, science, and social studies. In my view, the first things to start with newcomers is practice of oral skills and building vocabulary. After all, language consists of words, right? Listening is the first skill that develops and helps them understand what's going on around them. And speaking helps empower them for expression and communication. And for that, they need words. Like I mentioned, whenever you have a beginner level student in your classroom, assessing them orally, asking them to listen and show point will be the biggest bang for your buck. As I mentioned earlier, it will take time and lots of repetition, but you can't rush language acquisition. We just have to go with it and have a system for helping our students to move effect forward effectively. And inside my ESL Teaching Roadmap membership for EL teachers, that is exactly what I share. Both the informal assessment and the entire EL newcomer curriculum called Embark, which so many teachers have found helpful. Be sure to check them out, and I will link this information in the show notes. This talk about language acquisition brings me to the next statement from one of my listeners. 
I would wish for general education teachers to understand that learning a second language is not a linear path. And I so agree with her. I have been talking a lot about this lately in my other episodes, and it nicely ties into the questions about newcomer teaching. Math and science are concrete, and you can see almost a physical outcome. With language, it is a little bit different. While it is clear whether a person speaks English or not, and how well they're able to express themselves, our minds, for some reason, immediately start to compare, for example, native speakers' linguistic competence with that of someone who's just learning. And then we begin to attach all these ideas that if a person is not able to speak English well yet, then they are not able to understand concepts and do all the other things that they need to do in school. It is complicated, yes, but like this listener said, it's not a completely linear path. While language learning goes through certain stages, which in our minds are too slow, the students are exposed to language all day. Chances are eels are exposed to English more than their native tongue. Think about it. They spend seven hours at school. And it is honoring those stages of language acquisition and working with them that will allow your student to succeed in your classroom. To hear more about language acquisition stages and proficiency levels, tune in to episodes 97 and 98 of this podcast. All right, finally, let's talk about this. The next two questions or rather statements I know so many of you can relate to. Here is one. Our district has two teachers that cover 10 schools in four different cities and 60 plus students at those 10 schools that span all grade levels, K-12. In addition, we have very little funding and therefore ready to use resources are a must. The next one is this. My biggest wish is to clone myself. I am in four buildings plus online students with 75 plus total students. Help. When I read these, I always become so, what's the word, impassioned? First of all, what are we doing here? One of the things that is my biggest pet peeve is when we say we want to help multilingual learners succeed, but we do not provide any resources to achieve that goal. I understand this is a much bigger issue that is beyond what I can on this podcast do, but if you are listening and are someone who is a decision maker, what needs to happen for the system to change? We cannot expect that a band-aid approach for one or of one or two teachers will even address, never mind solve any kind of meaningful education issues or provide equitable access to those students who are learning the language. And that is why I started offering consulting to districts because EL students are everyone's responsibility. There are so many classroom teachers out there who do not have the tools to address the increasing multilingual population's needs and a quick fix won't cut it. But there is a solution when we realize that all teachers are teachers of language and when we have the background knowledge on why the EL students need a slightly different approach in the classroom, when we have a plan of what strategies and scaffolds to use and the system of collaboration between EL and regular education teachers, that is when a tangible change can begin. Imagine if you have even just a few regular education teachers in your school who would want to learn how to reach their EELs in their classrooms. The ripple effect of this would be beyond measure. And when they see the success in the classrooms, then the entire school wins. 
If you are as fired up about this as I am, download my free audio where I teach you about the three mindset shifts that teachers need to make in order to believe that all teachers are teachers of language. Think about it. What is asset-based thinking? How can we adopt it and what it does to help us transform our teaching? Uh, what are the three essential mindset shifts? And it's not exactly what you might think, but we ne they need to happen in order for you to believe that all teachers are teachers of language. And I also talk about how to reframe your biggest fears, such as, I'm not a language teacher. What am I supposed to do now? And does that mean I, teach, I need to teach them grammar? You can find the free audio training at my website by going to simplyyeva.com forward slash free training or check out the link in the show notes. As always, any questions or takeaways from this episode, send me a message on Instagram or shoot me an email. I'm always happy to hear from you. Thank you for listening and until next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to do two things. First, make sure to subscribe to the ESL Teaching Podcast so you don't miss an episode. And second, leave a positive review wherever you listen, on iTunes, Spotify, or any other platform. Positive reviews will improve the chances of this podcast to be discovered in the feed and help our fellow ESL ELL teachers. And of course, there's a third thing. If you aren't following me on social media yet, come join me on Instagram at SimplyYevaESL, Facebook, SimplyYeva, or connect with me on my website, SimplyYeva.com. Thanks again, and until next time.